Well, hello and welcome to the Two Perfect Pastors podcast. My name is Craig Sumi. I am the pastor of Oakland Presbyterian Church in Oakland, Florida, and I'm joined here by Danny. Hey, Danny. How's it going, Craig? I am uh, Danny DeMores. I am the pastor at First Pres Kissimmee in Kissimmee. It's very convenient how our church is uh, named so that you know exactly where to find each exactly. of our churches. Yeah, it's not, yeah, because you get these churches that are called Quest Church, but it doesn't really give you any <laughs> sense of where the thing actually is, right? Exactly. So at least, at least you know where we are. Exactly. We, it just takes away a lot of the, um, the trouble of finding a church. Um, so, hey, how's your summer been going? So, you know what? Like at First Pres, uh, before, I've been at First Pres for two years now, and the summers were usually like slow times. Yeah. Um, like less Sunday school classes, less everything. It was yeah. a little bit. This summer, we've had electrical work. We're getting the building uh, tented this Thursday. So tomorrow we have to dig trenches around the church so all the flowers don't die and get all the food from our food pantry out. And then, like, and it was Holy massive cow. electrical work, and the electrical work led to AC work. And this summer has been insane. That like, sounds I'm looking forward to the summer insane. being over. I'm just looking forward to, I mean, is the whole church going to be tented or just like the back building? In other words, I mean, is there going to be a steeple that's like under tarps and stuff? Great, great question. So first Presbyterian, the sanctuary was built in 1886. The yeah. church was, was chartered in 1884. Sanctuary built in 1886. Same sanctuary we still worship in today. That's amazing. When they added on to the church, they did attached add-ons. Yes. So you I've have seen that. to I've, been, I've visited your church. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to tent the entirety of the building, the even though there's a large part that's block and termites don't matter there. You have to tent the entire building. That would look impressive. I'm going to have to make a trip to Kissimmee just to see the spectacle of a whole church. Yeah, I think covered uh, with um, it, because they always have these crazy colors, you like know, carnival tents. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the circus pig top or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that'll get some attention. So that yeah, that'll be special, and then we don't get to worship in the sanctuary this Sunday because of it. Oh, uh, just one Sunday, or are you gonna just one Sunday? Okay. So uh, sermon's gonna be church without a home. Church without <laughs> a home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of um, home, I was I took the week off last week. It was my really been my only vacation of the summer. Nice. But I did not you know cover my body in in coconut oil or or go strap on my hiking boots and go to the mountains and thank you and for climb mountains yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Did you like that image? Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And, um, Don't think about that too hard, folks. <laughs> and uh, uh, so uh, I was in my guest bathroom for my entire vacation. Were you remodeling? I, I was hope? remodeling, yes. Thank I was, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was re- <laughs> I was in my guest bathroom, just sitting there, <laughs> meditating. Um, but uh, no, I, I was yeah, remodeling it and, uh, and, fighting with plumbers and, and all that stuff. So ah, but I, to, people kind of go, that doesn't sound like a vacation. And it's not like restful, obviously. I mean, my body is just sore each and every night. I work eight to nine, you know, hours just kind of plugging away at all this stuff. And, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, the tile in your demoing tile, it's really, really heavy. And um, when you're, even when you're putting in tile, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, you're, you're having to crunch over yep. and your back is killing you and stuff like that so uh, but it's so nice because you know as a pastor you know your mind is just constantly engaged with all the stuff that's Correct. going on in the church and Sunday is always at least seven days away 
And feels like less, but yep. It does feel like less. And it's just, it kind of gets to be a, a grind. And so just to be able to step out of that for like a week and just focus on something that's sort of tangible and you could actually see immediately the impact that you're making, I, I just thought that was, uh, it's, it's kind of nice. And I, and I have fun doing so the modeling projects. I'm curious. I, I've, been, uh, I've been ordained for less time than you have. Yes. I've, uh, first Presbyterian is my, my first call. Um, and so I was ordained there. So I've been ordained for two years. Recent, more recently went through like the, yeah. the whole but process. But you were in ministry for quite a while before you got ordained. Correct. But I had to jump through all the denominational hoops to get exactly. ordained, right? Exactly. And for me, part of that was going through like a psychological evaluation for multiple days. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did they very require key. that when oh, you? Yes. Yeah. 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 So for mine, I, it was very insightful for myself. Um, there was a couple things about me. It's like, yep, that's true. But when we were just talking about me, and, and I enjoy renovation projects. I'll do renovation projects. I did all the flooring in our house. I always change the oil in our cars when it's time to change the oil. And then uh, the person who was counseling me was saying, in your work, you do a lot of stuff, and you, n you never get to see the results from it a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And you're not sure how much of an impact you're For making. For sure. But when you remodel something or when you change the other car, you're like, look, I did that. I accomplished it. Yep. I can see the results of my work which is a very satisfying thing, I, apparently, especially for pastors, when they do not get to see if what they are doing is having an impact a lot of the time. So in your home life, to have that thing, whether it's finishing a puzzle or remodeling a bathroom or whatever, like that's not just some, you know, philosophical, yeah. trying to philosophically impact somebody in a yep. spiritual way. Yeah, you actually can see things changing. Yeah, it's, Correct. It's, yeah, so I like, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was actually fun, but... It was exhausting, <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm any more rested coming yeah. back to work. Was it I one of those projects that you knew exactly what you were getting into, or halfway oh, through? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I go in with a battle plan. But the the problem was is is dependent on electrician and a plumber, and the electrician he was great. He came right in, did the job out, no fuss, no muss. Um, plumber, I went through three plumbers, Whoa. just trying to get because we we were replacing a jet uh, a regular tub with a jetted tub. Ooh, yeah, so, yeah, it, it, that's a little bit more complicated. Yes. And um, it's, you know, the house is on uh, a concrete, you know, slab. slab. And um, so there was all sorts of opinions about how we were going to put the drain in and all this stuff. And um, some of the, the, the quotes were just out of this world. I mean, they were just, I mean, thousands of dollars. Mm. And I was just like, I don't want to pay that much just for putting in a tub. <laughs> and so I finally found plumber that could do it like right away because oh, it was nice. uh, my week was starting to back up, yep. you know, and um, plumbing back up. Yeah. And, and it took him a whole day, though, to get it done. Yeah. Plumbing back up. Very good. Yeah. You um, had a joke there. You didn't even see it. No, it, it was good. It's good. <laughs> um, hey, what do you think of our name? Two perfect pastors. Uh, it's terrifying. Uh, it's 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 a lot to live up to. So when I hear it, I hear it in a very sarcastic way. Yes. Because I am. I am. <laughs> I think that was I what we far intended. From perfect. So so the thing that scares me is anybody thinking that we are taking ourselves <laughs> too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Tongue, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, if, if you want proof that I'm not perfect, you could go to First Pres Kissimmee, uh, search us on YouTube, and just watch last week's service, and you'll see. No, that man is me. that man is not perfect. <laughs> same with me. Same with me. Don't, but don't do it for last week because then you'll think that I, I was Sharon Tatum, you know, yep. a, a wonderful black woman who <laughs> came and preached at this wow, church. Wow, that voice does not match the face. Yeah, no, it does not. <laughs> it does not. Well, hey, um, w let's do uh, our first segment. And um, we're big sports fans. You yes, and we are. I, we love sports. And so 
power rankings are huge with sports and how you know sports gets reported on and the content that we love to read. They're always doing these power rankings of, of leagues and divisions and even positions and stuff like that. So I was thinking, why can't we power rank the Bible? Yeah, I Let's think it's, power rank the Bible. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah. And like most power rankings, they don't matter. <laughs> they don't matter at all. They don't matter it's at never all. really no. the, the, like, the end of how everything's going to turn out. No, they don't base it's the playoffs <laughs> on the power rankings. So it's just a total, yeah, it's total fun, boredom filler. Yep. And um, so I just thought let's, uh, let's, let's do a power ranking of the Bible, the power ranking of Jesus' disciples. The 12, Jesus disciples. The 12 disciples. The 12 disciples. Yeah, let's, let's, let's put them in order. And uh, what are your first three? Uh, if you were, you know, one, two, three, who are your top? Oh, uh, so, so top three. Well, like I'll I'll tell you my my number one and and I think this is a number one for a lot of people. So this feels like a, a cheap answer, but would be Peter, um, because Peter's called like you know the rock that the church will be built upon. Peter is like this like he gets the most exposure, right? He, he he's the most he's mentioned like more than any of the other disciples, yeah. and and so his name gets out there a lot. So it feels like a gimme, but that's not why I like Peter. Okay, I like Peter because of his mistakes, right? Like. Peter famously is like, Jesus, I would never deny you. He's like, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Or like yeah. before morning comes, right? The idea is like roosters crow in the morning. It's like like in like in the dawn, you're going to deny me three times. Like, no, I never would. And then he's like, no, I don't know that man. I don't know man. What are you talking about, right? And then like he has this like heartbreaking moment as the rooster crows. And it's just like, oh. And it's just like that is when I feel like Peter truly became a disciple of Christ, actually, when the rooster crowed. When he realized that he couldn't rely on himself because, like, on his own he yeah. fails, right? Yeah. Like, Peter, the guy who the church built gets built upon, Jesus called him Satan, right? That gives me hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Peter is your number one because he's relatable. Yeah, see, yeah. Okay. I, I relate I to the it. idea of, like, here's <laughs> this guy who wants to go so hard for Christ, so hard that mm -hmm. he does so – he cuts off somebody's ear. Yeah. He gets called Satan. He denies Christ because he's relying so much on himself. And it's like it kind of puts things in perspective for me that if there was hope for Peter, yeah, there's hope for me. Yeah. Okay, so he's near number one. Yeah. So that's wrong, actually. That's, oh, so yeah. what's no, – so I'm number six. He's Simon number Peter's six number six. For you. Yes, because he's annoys me. Oh my gosh, he is oh, so frustrating. Wait, wait till you get to my bottom. He's one. so frustrating. He just doesn't get it. He keeps screwing up and screwing up and screwing up. So I think it's the same for me. Is I see way too much of myself in Peter. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way yeah. I'm going to put him in my top three. Yeah, I, I think, wouldn't put myself in I the top the, three of anything. The so. best image I see of like yeah is uh, yeah exactly yeah. That, no, that, my, that, that's my number one is it. Andrew. Why Andrew? I love Andrew. Oh my gosh, Andrew. Well, for one, patron saint of Scotland. I mean, he is, oh, he is huge fair. in Scotland. The flag of Scotland with the blue field and the white X in it, that's the, called the flag of St. Andrew. So, and, um, it, but I want to interrupt you for a second. I grew up, I'm first-generation American. Uh, my family was, quote-unquote, Catholic growing up. I say that because yeah. the three times they went to church was when they baptized their three kids. Oh, four times, when they got married. Right? They, they went to church for weddings and baptisms. So I know saints in the Catholic church. I always assumed Scotland was more Protestant. Are saints big in Scotland? But no, no. Scotland was so Catholic before it became Protestant. Oh, so like Very historically. Oh, yeah. We won't go into all the history okay. of Scotland. Sorry. Thank yeah. you. I, but I, Andrew I is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, Patriots Day of Scotland, among other places. Um, but the cool thing about Andrew is he's always inviting people to come see Jesus. He invites his brother. Um, he's the one. 
Uh, when people say we would see Jesus, then he's saying, well, let me take you to him. Even the, the kid that has the loaves and fishes uh, for the feeding of 5,000, it's yep. Andrew the one is the one that brings him up to Jesus. And so I just love the fact that Andrew's always introducing people to Jesus. That's kind of, you know, what I want my life to be. And so he's, 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 what, he's not so much who I relate to as what I aspire to be. That's fair. Okay, I mean, his, surround, surround. His, his best quality is being Peter's brother, but. He, no, no, it's not true. He is Peter's brother, but I'm choosing the I'm choosing the other brother. So, so round out your top uh, three with uh, just a quick hit about uh, why you have him in your top three. So it's it's hard for me not to include John, like I'd the disciple that, he, that Jesus loved, right? He's he's my number three. He's, I, yeah, like like he he was I was playing between number two and number three for him, um, partially just like he. He has such a way with words, like like so. Part of the like you talked about um, how Andrew introduces people to to Jesus, yeah, right? right? Right. So like I I did a deep study on the Book of John a little while back, and it's like if you if you could rename the Book of John, you could call it like Who is Jesus, right? Like where the first three Gospels are kind of like this like biography of Jesus' yeah. life. John's like that's great, but let me tell you about. I love how he does a different take. Completely. Let me tell you about the person. He, it almost comes off like lawyer e yeah. like. Here's my argument for why Jesus is the Messiah. This is who Jesus is. Yeah. And, like, in that, it's like, I get it. I get how your heart was for Jesus. I get, like, I understand how you saw him, what you understood of Jesus. And I'm not saying he was perfect by any means, right? And, like, yeah. but it's just, like, such an interesting, like, perspective and relationship with Jesus um, that it was hard not to include him in my top three. So he's in your top three, too. He's in my top three. So, yeah, and so we have agreement. So who's who's one of your other ones? Well, top three, I'm going to go, I'm, uh, John is my number three. Okay. Um, mainly because he wrote so much great stuff in the New Testament. I mean, traditionally, we don't know if he himself wrote it. Um, for sure, there's lots of different opinions on it. But I, I think, you know, the fact that you have John's gospel, which is an awesome yep. gospel in terms of how much it adds to the other three, uh, you have... Uh, first, second, and third letters of John. Yeah. Three of them. Yep. Two of them are so short, you know, it doesn't really um, say a whole lot. But um, And then, of course, Revelation. Revelation. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you get all this great stuff, but it's a lot of varied stuff as well. And so, uh, yeah, John. So my number two is Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. So yeah. he, w he, was, he was up there for me. He ended up at number four. Why is he your number two? He's my your number, number two. two. Well, Somebody once um, did a sermon that I heard on Thomas, and he was asking the question, okay, while all the rest of the disciples, this is after Jesus' crucifixion, all the disciples are huddled up in a room, where's Thomas? Why isn't he with them? Yeah. And so it just gave the theory, anyway, that Thomas wasn't afraid. He was, he was going out and saying, hey, okay, we lost Jesus, but we got, we got to keep doing his work. We got to keep doing his mission. So he's out doing stuff he and they have hiding. to yeah and they have to come to him and find him and say hey Jesus we saw Jesus resurrected Jesus and he's going eh, I don't know cuz he's practical guy I mean he's he's just a get down to business kind of mm -hmm. guy and he just wanted to get out and start working yeah he, you know so um, obviously the doubting thomas thing is is his label uh, that's given to him but I I kind of want to think about him being courageous sort of bold thomas as well well and and to give him a little credit, like, it's funny, like, I remind the people in, like, church this week sometimes, like, if I'm preaching on, like, Abram or um, or even, like, the disciples or whatever, like, they didn't have the Bible. Yeah. They didn't have all the stuff that we have because, like, that history was happening. Yeah, so right. it wasn't written about yet, right? So, like, 
the reason, like, you get, like, Abraham and Moses and stuff, like, heroes of faith, it's because, like, they were really going on faith. They weren't, like, going on Wikipedia and being, like, which religion best fits me That's or exactly. whatever, and what's all the proof, and who is who are the best philosophers they didn't out have there Wikipedia that make this then? argument? Yeah. <laughs> Um, can you imagine having a tablet that all sorts of people could edit, like a stone tablet? That <laughs> would be, a, yeah, that would be. <laughs> what <laughs> be would we mess. have now? <laughs> <laughs> so, but like the idea that he doubts, I think we all doubt. But he didn't say, "I'm not sure about this. I'm backing out." He was willing to engage and ask questions. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, there's the famous, you know, where um, Jesus says, "You know the way to where I'm going," and. And Thomas is the one who says, but Lord, we don't know the way, so how can you say that we know where you're going? And that's just totally sets up Jesus' yeah. great line, I am the way and the truth and the life. You know, so it totally works. He's he's almost like a foil Correct. for Jesus Correct. there. So who's your number Questions two are, then? Uh, no, no, John's your two. Who's John, your three? My, my three, because it was almost Thomas, my three ended up being Matthew. Uh, um, good, yeah. Yeah, Matthew's my four. Is your four? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were close there. Mm -hmm. uh, except your hate on Peter, and I don't know why. Yeah, but, um, it's way down. <laughs> um, Matthew is my three, uh, not only because of the book of Matthew and, the, and obviously the great things that he did and uh, with the church and everything, but partially because he's a tax collector. Uh -huh. Which it's like, I love that the Bible, it's like, oh, how can you be with sinners and tax collectors? Like, like, like considering like the scum of the scum, right? And, and rightfully so to some degree, tax collectors wouldn't just collect what they had to. They'd go above and beyond to look extra good for the Romans yeah, yeah. and to, to pad their own pockets. And and they were just absolutely despised and hated and nobody wanted to associate with them except Jesus. And the reason that, that just makes me thoughtful is because I sometimes uh, think about, like, who do we feel like belongs in our church? Mm -hmm. And we say everybody's welcome. But is everybody really welcome, right? Like, if, yeah. if, if the Matthew of today walked into your doors, how would how would the people react? Yeah. Is Matthew the patron saint of unpopular kids? Can we, we need to look this up? <laughs> need to look, look this up. Kids, but, um, yep. Yeah, like, it, it, it'd just be interesting, right? Like, it's, yep. it's, it keeps me grounded on who Jesus was seeking out to be disciples. Yeah. It wasn't always who you expected, right? God very often uses people you don't expect in the Bible to further his story. Absolutely. So, um, don't want to, spend too much time on this but you know who's your bottom three so if you go all the way down the bottom of the list yep. so at number 10 i have james the, the lesser the lesser or the <laughs> yeah. younger like just because great. his name oh I mean, hey there's two of you that one's gonna name. be the greater and you're gonna be the lesser i know is that what they called him <laughs> all the time james the lesser <laughs> pretty hey, much right? james the lesser yeah just, just reminding him that he's yeah He's, he's in fear. And then, uh, but there's really nothing about him at all. Um, and then Bartholomew, and they can't even agree on what his name is. So Nathaniel or Bartholomew, Nathaniel right? or Bartholomew, depending on the list that you're looking at. And then number 12, I just felt like I had to put Judas, you know, just because, yeah, he, he betrayed Let me call a cop Jesus. out on that. Yeah, but you didn't have... He's Judas right. in your bottom three, did I you? I do not. And and I'll, I'll tell you one in a second. But just another reason to not like uh, Nathaniel. He, he was also, like, against the people of Nazareth. Like, uh, John 146, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Oh, man. That's <laughs> something that he says. So he just, like. That's how I feel about Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
They're getting a Costco soon. Yeah, that is a good I, thing. So I'll, I'll I'm be looking forward that to the Costco. Costco. <laughs> but Highway 50 is a nightmare. I just yeah. can't stand Infrastructure uh, in there and Kissimmee is, is not great. No. Uh, so my number 12 was uh, Simon the Zealot. Ah. Really? When have you ever heard? He was my number seven. When have you ever heard? He was next to Peter? Yes. How dare you? He's totally. I, I, I even debated even. <laughs> oh, I can't continue this podcast. I don't feel like, I feel like. When have you ever heard somebody being called a zealot in a good way? Oh, no. I kind of saw that as a good thing. Really? Yeah. No, for me, that's yeah, he's like. passionate, man. No, that's like, this is like pyramid scheme stuff. It's like, hey. <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's Craig, let me tell you about not this good yarn, these this yarn is, is going to change your life. Yeah, the We can't even describe the health benefits this yarn is going to bring you. The reason we can't describe it is because there's been no studies to it whatsoever. Yeah. But people have said it changes their life. See, you and if you very, sign up, you can sell this yarn. You have yarn. a very but, narrow but view of let me Let me talk over you for a second. If Even more so, beyond just selling it to other people and being able to spread the joy of this yarn that brings indescribable greatness to your life. Yeah. If you get other people to sign up for it as well. Yeah. No, like the idea of zealotry just drives me crazy. Like okay. he's like that does not sound like you'd give the name of somebody you want to hang out with. Yeah. Right? Like zealots are exhausting. <laughs> See, <laughs> like I want being in the same I, I wanna, room with them for too long. Yeah, I want to I want to bring zealotry back into favor. But um um so anyway, let's moving on to uh kind of the main topic and there was an article that came out Christianity Today. This would have been July twenty fourth. Let me. Let I'm me. Sorry, July nineteenth. I have to say one thing because you had mentioned it. Judas. Judas. Yes. Um. And there's two Judases, right? So. There, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there's there's two Judases in the, in the twelve disciples, but Judas, uh, who betrayed Jesus, I feel like he gets a bad rap in being put at number number twelve, uh, on a lot of lists. I feel like I feel like a lot of people he'd be last because he betrayed Jesus. And I think if that betrayal didn't directly lead to Jesus' death, like if he tried betraying Jesus like earlier on and okay. it was foiled, it's like, oh, he was just an idiot, right? Like like Peter screws up all the time, but it didn't directly lead to Jesus' death. Yeah. But why did Jesus die? Did Jesus die because Judas betrayed him? Yeah. No, he died for your sins and mine. I think you need to be careful with continuing this argument because now Peter is really starting to slip in my rankings. He may actually be, <laughs> he may actually be in the last place. All right, all right, let's get on. So to the anyway, next moving on, let's um, talk about a, a more popular topic: uh, hymns. So, so there's an original article in Christianity Today by Kelsey Kramer McGinnis um, that Lifeway, is, which is a big publishing mm -hmm. company for the Southern Baptist Church, Lifeway was closing the book on an online hymnal that was supposed to be the digital future of Baptist music. The online resource, lifewayworship.com, which provides church choirs and worship teams access to more than 3,000 songs, as well as instrumental arrangements, sheet music, and choral charts. That's going to shut down next month. Um, so anyway, Lifeway, publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Church, um, has decided to focus its resources on areas where we can faithfully serve more churches in greater breadth and depth. So when this was originally launched in 2008, and it so was really supposed to take over. It's supposed to be the modern hymnal. They called it the um, the hymnal without a back cover because you could keep adding to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the beauty of digital. Yeah, right? it never went out of date. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but they also wanted to find a way to preserve, you know, this great music. And let's face it, Baptists have pretty good music. They do. Yeah. But, and, like, I, when I read that, it was a little bit like, hey, we want to find resources that people actually use. It's like not as many people right. are using this, right? 
Right. Is, is partially what they're saying. And, and they start, and, and it, I mean, in terms of adding, they started with 674, which is already more than you could ever put in, like, mm -hmm. a book, you know. But then they got to, like, 3,000. It's a lot. Which is crazy. However, they just found that um, it, it just wasn't competing well with some of the other services that aren't necessarily attached to a denomination. Correct. Um, and so, uh, for instance, but even though, even with that, um, Lifeway was way cheaper. This is kind of the crazy things. It was, was way it cheaper. Really? Like, for instance, a full orchestration of Chris Tomlin's Holy Forever. I don't know why anybody would want that, but, you know, this is, <laughs> is available. <laughs> Sorry. On praise charts uh, for $52. That's how you get, the, like, the full orchestra orchestration. Where on LifewayWorship.com, the full score was $6.99. Now, I don't, I'm not so good at math, but that seems like that a seems big... No, that's big, a big difference. Big difference. Um, it also allowed it, I thought this was big, it allowed lay musicians, so non-staff, non-professional musicians, to purchase music without having to have a paid membership, which was different than sites like Song Select, um, which has memberships that start at $180 a year. So for people that just wanted to grab something because they're like organizing a women's retreat or something like Correct. that, they didn't have to pay out the nose, but even so, um, they just were finding it wasn't selling very well. People weren't using as much. Now, there has been an update in July 24th that they decided to postpone the discontinuation because they got such of a backlash. They got such a, yeah, like people. Such a bad, yeah, people were very, uh, very decisions upset. In the church. Hey, we're going to do this thing. Very, hey, no, no, upset. no, I don't want you to do that. Okay, we're going to delay doing this thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, music has always been a huge part of Christian worship. Agreed? Correct. Okay. Yes. And a, and a large topic of debate in Christian worship. Oh, always. Like, always. it is it is one of the more important parts and one of the more highly debated parts yeah. of, of our worship services. So, for a long, 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 long time, I don't know the exact history of the hymnal, but for a long time, the main way that people could sing, you know, in worship mm -hmm. was by using a hymnal. Correct. You know, the sanctuaries would have, you know, these boards, special made. I think you said that you were in a church that had these, you know, where the numbers would be on this little bulletin board, which was we still at the have back that. of the church. You still have that? We still have Those them. are really cool. So and if you're standing on the chancel to the right, like right above the piano, yeah. it's like the hymns for today's worship So it'd have 302 and 81 or whatever, Correct. and then you'd know Correct. what, um, you know, this, yeah. So it was just um, using bullets, uh, hymnals has been a big deal for a long, long, long time. But now that, you know, we have... Um, uh, Hillsong and, and uh, Bethel music and stuff like that. It's all available online and digital with all the orchestrations. You have less choirs. Um, this, the, instead of having people, you know, actually read the music out of the hymnal, they're mm -hmm. looking at a screen. They're just not selling as many hymnals. And I'm just wondering, what do you think? Is, is the hymnal dead? Is is the hymnal? Is this the death rattle for the hymnal? That it's not it, that that an online version, a virtual hymnal, isn't working anymore either. And so I'll I'll tell you guys this. First Pres Kissimmee is a traditional church. We we have the hymnal. So you board. have hymnals. Yeah. I have asked other churches for their hymnals because we've worn ours out. Like literally, like we had several that were just glued together. Like because the spine broke because it got used so much. So I was how like, long do you think you've had them? 
these were the I want to say like the '94 blue Presbyterian hymnals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the, the blue ones. Uh, they did not care for the the Gloria ones when those came out. Yeah, as apparently a lot of people didn't. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So we still have the blue ones. So churches that had their blue ones from before or weren't using them, like I've asked other churches for theirs, just to have a working set in our sanctuary. Yeah. Now that tells me two things. A lot of churches were more than happy to give me theirs because they just don't use them. Yeah. Um, but First Pres uh, in, in Kissimmee uses uses it every week, right? Like it's it's an important part of how they worship. It's it's partially what they grew up with. Kissimmee has a lot of um, like snowbirds and people that move down. So I get a lot of people from from the Northeast who who grew up in the Northeast who yeah. who live who live in Kissimmee now, right? And they love their hymnal and they love worshiping in that style with that kind of music. So so we have two hymnals here. You have two. Yes, I, I don't know what they are. All I know is that they are. <laughs> all, all I know is that one is brown, has a brown cover, and the other one has a blue cover. Nice. And but honestly, I don't choose the hymns. Jeremy, our music director, does that. Does an amazing job. I'm so thankful I don't have to choose hymns. It's like one of the worst jobs in the world is choosing it hymns. It is. Uh, um, I have I have farmed that out to. Uh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Carolyn Castaldo. Saves my butt every week taking hymns because <laughs> that was. The most painful part of preparing. For Way Sunday to go, Cheryl! Week. Thanks for taking yeah. that off Danny's uh, plate yeah. there. Um, but we, you know, we we put the words on the screen, and we use like a planning center app. And so, you know, Jeremy's got all the information in there. I don't, I don't have to look at the hymnal at all. I'm just looking at the screen. Yep. I have no, I, have, I don't even know what kind of hymnals we have. I'm, not, I'm literally that, that little detail oriented. I just, I, I cannot, yeah, think yeah. about that. So. Um, so but, 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 I mean, if you're starting a new church, even a new Presbyterian church, um, I think a lot of places aren't just, they're just going to say, that's an unneeded expense. We don't need to pay all so that money for a book that's, you know, going to be out of date, and we're probably going to use all these songs anyway that aren't even in that book. Correct. First Press Kissimmee is in a unique situation just because of, of the makeup of Kissimmee and everything like that and, and who mm -hmm. retires there and whatnot. We don't have screens to project on. Like we don't we don't have a TV oh or screens, man. and for them that's how they like to worship, and that's like that serves yeah. serves them well. And the even the people that move into the area, it like serves, it is serving those group of people well. Now, is that a younger group of people or an older group of people? Yeah, but yeah. If Mostly, you're starting a brand new church and you're so trying to reach out to young families or something like that, so for first Presbyterian, I'm not going to try to get rid of their hymnals. It's important to how they understand and express their faith. So it's important to them. And that's why I don't want to say it's dead or not death rattles, because as long as there's people who want to use it and can use it to get closer to God, I think it's a good thing. That being said, if I were to plant a new church today, it would not be on my the highest priority to get hymns and do that style of music because um, the expense. Yeah. And, and the idea, like part of the issue is like for the, first, for the people at First Pres who love hymnals, there's hymns in that book that they can't stand. Right, yeah. some words changed, or some tune has changed, or there's some that like just aren't good that haven't stood yeah. up the test of time. Yeah, well, the, pro the problem is, I mean, um, you know, you can make the argument that there's going to be always going to be people who appreciate having a hymnal. It's a big part of what they grew up with, or mm -hmm. you know, they love to read music. You Correct. Know, for one, yeah. I mean, there's some people that they, they just love they to read really the music and they like to sing the soprano part, the alto part, the tenor part, and the bass part, depending on the verse. And, and some um, people sing all four at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, it yeah. sort of sounds maybe that way. Yeah. And um, um, so, uh, 
uh, you would you would uh, uh, have these um, hymnals, but the problem is these hymnals have to sell. I mean, these Correct. hymnals are not cheap to to make, no. and I'm certain it's not cheap to manage a, an online version of a hymnal as well, because you're having to curate all of the the new contents that's coming in. So in order to pay for that, I think if you were to buy a hymnal, just a book hymnal today, the lowest price it would be is twenty five dollars. That is actually really low, from what but I've that's, seen. But that's if you're buying a whole bunch of them. Correct, because I've seen closer to like like between thirty and sixty dollars. Yeah, is is. And I'm sure it depends yeah. on the, the the hymnal. Um, but if you can't sell these things anymore, then you're all, you're going to be relying on the old ones that are still out there, and so they're going to yeah, start getting. Yeah, that's what we've done. They're going to start getting uh, more and more beat down and. And uh, you're just not going to have uh, hymnals yeah, anymore. And is this something we should be worried about? Is this is this going to be a, a, a tough one for the church to lose the use of hymnals? You know, like, is it going to be tough for some people to lose hymnals? Yes. Is it going to be bad for the kingdom of God? No. And I'm not saying that hymnals are bad. I'm just saying, like, the church survived before there were hymnals. Yeah. Because people think of, like, oh, I've. Church has always had hymnals. Like, for as long as my mom used a hymnal, her mom used a hymnal. It's like a lot of these hymns were written 14, 15, 1600s, so they've been around for a while. But, like, Jesus did not write <laughs> these yeah. these hymns, right? So as culture changes, as society changes, like, the way we do things changes. Like, even the idea of a hymnal, right? It used to be where you didn't have one in every pew because you might be in a church where most of the people were illiterate. So you'd have somebody leading from the front. Yeah. And they'd have a hymnal, but not nobody else would yeah because you were leading in that way right like so as society changes as culture changes um as we learn to express ourselves in different ways the church will be expressed in different ways and i don't think that's a bad thing so should we be worried i don't think so i think the natural progression and things that that you and i do today from the pulpit i think 60 years from now it's going to be like why was he that was boring that was or or that was dumb or why was he standing there or what Mm -hmm. is he wearing why is he, why is he not a hologram? Why is he not in a robe? Yeah. Why is he? Yeah. Why is he not a? Why hologram? is he not a hologram? Yeah. <laughs> thought multi-site churches were a good idea. Like, th- there's all sorts of things that we try and do to reach people in our context. Yeah. That once you remove it from that context, doesn't make sense anymore. Okay, so I'm going to champion the hymnal in terms of. I, it, it's not that I'm a. Bi- obviously, I'm not the guy who doesn't. The guy know who doesn't even know what hymnals are in yeah, the pews. But, here, but here's here's why. Because this is your champion. I I did say that God chose odd people for tasks. Exactly. So for the yeah, champion, I'm of going to champion. Yeah, he has designated the champion of the hymnal, which is not a job that I applied for. But it seems to me though, you're not losing so much of you know a practical tool because we've found pretty good tools Correct. for getting people to sing it gets their head up so that they're singing out loud a little bit more rather than having their face buried in a in a hymnal um I'm, but I'm, what i'm raising my hand like a student in the yeah, class yeah. just to, just to get clarity are you talking about the death of the physical book or all the music that a hymnal holds well i think unfortunately it's going to be a domino effect okay yeah that you're you're going to see because the books aren't being ordered as much. The digital hymnals, I think, are going to be affected as well because there's alternatives that have a wider reach than a denominational okay. um, book or a book that only has certain publication rights. Sure, that's you right. know, So you have these websites now that you can get all manner of church music, Correct. and it's all there. It's, okay. it's literally all there. So, so, so champion away. So, uh, yeah. So you're not losing a practical tool. What you're losing is context because in most hymnals, there's an ordering. 
mm-hmm. that if you are paying attention at all to um, where you find a hymn, a hymn, for instance, in a hymnal, you know, there's a section usually that's praise and adoration. There's a section that has um, songs about, you know, repentance and confession and forgiveness. There's a section that's about the life of Jesus, right? Um, and also, you kind of learn how a worship service is structured. You know, it begins with adoration, praise, confession. It goes towards, you know, the ministry of the word and then like the benediction. And, and, and so it gives you a sense of how the hymnals give you a sense of how worship should flow. And then the theology. Why, the theology should, why, of, why does worship have to flow that way? Why does it have to flow that way? Does the so Bible dictate that that has to be how a worship service happens? Or in our context, is that how we find? No, but that's what I'm talking about. Is it, it provides you context. So even if you're switching things around, I mean, I would say, I mean, I hope you're not saying that, you know, you wouldn't have the ministry of, of Scripture or you wouldn't have, like, confession or you wouldn't have the sacrament. That's not what you're saying, I don't think. No, I'm not saying necessarily that. I'm just saying people do it in different orders and different for ways sure. for different reasons, and they celebrate those things differently, right? For sure. Like but what liturgi- a hymnal? Liturgical churches, those things are more evident right. than non-liturgical churches. But what a hymnal points out is that there, there, there is a flow. There are these elements in it. And so you're basically having a whole lot of people that aren't going to be learning. I mean, one, um, you know, how worship flows. They aren't going to be learning... Um, I mean, theology, you know, we have a progression of uh, how our theology unfolds, mm-hmm. you know, how we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And often that progression can be found in how a, a hymnal is being put together. Um, and then I guess I worry that, you know, because you have this hymnal that has usually a breadth of, of music time-wise, you know, that covers different genres. Yeah. You know, you're going to be losing that and you're going to be locked into a particular genre. You're just really going to, we're going to lose that sense of this history of worship music, which is incredibly rich. And I'm not saying we all need to, to, to sing hymns. I love praise songs. You know, mm-hmm. I, our 845 service, I love singing along with the praise songs. Um, and I know most printed hymnals aren't going to have those songs yeah, in I, them. I think printed hymnals are – I'm going to get uh, beat up at my church for saying this. I, I kind of feel like it's like carburetors in cars. People like the idea of carburetors, and it's cool, and, like, cars were loud, and but nobody likes them anymore, right? I used to, like, ride motorcycles, and, like, it's like, oh, the fuel-injected motorcycles, it's so much easier. You press a button, your motorcycle turns on, you just go, right? You don't have to, like, like turn the choke and, and for, for the gas and fuel mixture to be right yeah. when you're turning it on versus when it's heated and da-da-da-da. And I think there's a lot of, like the practical part of a hymnal has it's lost its practicality right it was convenient to have a book with all these songs that you sang but now thanks to online thanks to uh being able to print whatever you want each week if if that's your style or email the entire congregation whatever songs you're doing that week i think it's lost a lot of its practicality i actually would argue that songs and music in a church now are wider and more colorful than it was when you were just tied to a hymnal yeah because that's all that you had right so now it's like you want to do a spiritual one week because of for 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 whatever reason and and, and try to do it well you you can do that you want to do something contemporary you can do that you want to pull out um amazing grace or or you know any of the old fantastic hymns that are still out there i don't think those are going away i think you're going to see less and less of the paper books, just like you see less and less paper for anything, right? If we were recording yep. this podcast a while ago, we might have 
uh, notepads in front of us. Do you have a notepad in front of you right now, Craig? Well, I have uh, uh, Surface. Do you call this a notepad, Surface tablet? I do not because okay. it's a digital version of so that. So paper right? you, notepad you don't, is what you're like talking you, about. You don't have the paper anymore, but the idea still exists. Yeah. What you did just changed because you could have it all on this tablet that you could take home and bring back and upload to. Like I saw that document before we sat down because you could share it with me digitally. It's the practical use of it is a beautiful thing. Now, some people still love using pen and paper yep. to write. I, I don't know, though. I, I think you're losing, you're losing context and you're losing history with losing the hymnal. I just, if the hymnal goes the way of the dinosaur, you know, because, one, it's a book, it's paper, mm -hmm. it's not great for the environment. Um, if you have a digital version, you know, people aren't really going to use that because they can find more stuff on one of the other sites, right, than, yeah. than just a digital uh, form of a hymnal, no matter how open it is. Um, but I, I think that means that we need to do more educating sure. uh, of, uh, for people about, you know, what worship is, what our theology is, because the, the hymnal used to um, help, with that. help us with it that. Used to, it used to be yeah. a tool that would help it with that. It was a great that's, tool. That's totally fair. I think the lectionary was a great tool as well. Now, I'm, I, don't, I don't preach using the lectionary. Yeah, um, I'll either. use it from time to time, but I don't always use it because it's just not quite as relevant. It was a great tool, so now it's, I think as the future goes on, we're going to find time yep. for other tools, right? Because here's, here's the real question. It's, it's not like you and I are making a decision, are hymnals here or are they going away, right? It's a fact. People are using hymnals less. I'm getting them from churches who no longer use them anymore. Yeah, right, right. They're not publishing a lot of new ones because it takes a lot of paper and a lot of money, and people aren't wanting to pay all that. Planting a new church, a lot of new churches aren't using it. So it's not whether it's good or bad for the church. It's a reality of what's happening. So how do we react to yeah. that, and how do we become those perfect preachers that then educate using new ways and new tools to reach the people where they're at in the time that they're at? Yeah, because okay. they all deserve I, to be reached. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, though, you lost me like several minutes back when you said the word carburetor. I have no <laughs> idea. I have that's no fair, idea what fair. a carburetor does. I'll need to work on my I have illustrations. have no clue what a carburetor does. Um, all right, last word, uh, you know, because preachers rarely get the last word, right? Wink, oh, wink, yeah, wink, obviously. Wink. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so what, what did you learn today? What did I learn today? I learned that... Um, you sometimes like smacking a microphone while talking into it, which I, I, was a, yes. which was I, a my thing. microphone <laughs> etiquette is way <laughs> off. Uh, I learned uh, this was a, a confession moment. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I've done a number of different podcasts in the past that I've started, and some of them died, and some of them were still going. And I told you that the first recording session for each one has always been a disaster. Yeah. And you said it was your mission for this not to it's be a my, disaster. It was my mission that it would not be a disaster. I How do we do? I had fun. I enjoyed it. So, Very cool. Uh, I don't care if you guys liked it or not, but I did. No, so. I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great time. So that's what I learned. What about you? Well, I, I learned that you have a high tolerance for stupidity because you like Simon <laughs> Peter so much. <laughs> I thought it was because which of my co-host. Which makes me feel very comforted. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me think we'll be a good yeah. <laughs> partnership. Well, hey, we are just so glad that you uh, were with us today. Uh, please, please, please uh, go and subscribe uh, to our podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Do like us on social media as well. Um, look for us on social media and uh, share that with your friends. And we will be back with you for the Two Perfect Pastors podcast in two weeks. I think that's what we decided, right? Every two other weeks. Uh, uh, it's you're watching sausage be made, folks. So enjoy the journey. We will see where we go from here, and uh, yeah. All right. <laughs>